Hello everyone, welcome to another episode on Hearthstone Birds. On the night when the team just won the, their first ever NBA championship, something that has never happened, happened that very night. Putting an, an asterisk to the championship and the event, putting something that we will all love to forget, but we may never forget. What is that thing? What actually happened? To who? From who? By who? Where? Alright. All of this thing will be explained in a matter of minutes. But first, I'll be talking about the NBA draft lottery picks and of course an update on the NBA playoffs thus far. I am Hassan and this is Hasto Perts. So on um, Thursday, the 21st of August 2020, the NBA draft lottery, lottery was done and teams picked at different levels. So the eyes was on New York Knicks and the Golden State Warriors being the most, the, the most, uh, the baddest team basically, like they did really poorly in the regular season. So people are expecting to see where they were going to land and the draft lottery because these teams actually really need help <laughs> so now they did the lottery and um, and of course the there's uh, Atlanta Hawks those are really bad teams like Warriors, Knicks, Hawks and of course Minnesota team but Wolves were really bad teams so we are looking at where they're gonna land and all those things alright so what happened is that like the Pop Smoke album says aim for the stars land on the moon the Warriors were aiming for the number one pick and they landed on the number two spot. Beautiful. Not bad at all. And there's this wide concession that um, this this particular draft lottery is not filled with um, like um, franchise changing players like generational talent. So the Warriors are already rumored that whenever whatever they, they landed that they're going to have to trade that particular draft to get um, a veteran player that can help them build and win right now. All right. Now, I'm a New Yorker and uh, I love, I want the Knicks to do good, but I think, I don't think they are capable of doing good really, to be honest with you. So, but they landed on the number eight um, spot, which is not that far off, but I think that's a little bit disappointing that knowing forward that we are hoping to land in the top five or top three. And Atlanta Hawks landed on number seven, and um, you know, so number f- no, no, number one was Minnesota Timberwolves, two Golden State Warriors, three Charlotte, four Chicago, five Cleveland, Cleveland, a very bad team as well, uh, six Atlanta Hawks, seven Detroit, eight New York, nine Washington Wizards, ten Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns is doing great. Oh my goodness! If they get they really another eating talent in this draft. Which I think they would. <laughs> Listen, they they Hayton and um, Devin Booker are already killing them, and they got Charlie Hubri on the side as well. They're already killing them with the likes of um, uh, Mark Marco Rubio. They're killing them already. But if they get a, a, another talent, that team is going to be scary. People should watch out. And the San Antonio Spurs, the really good basketball team, like really good basketball team. This is the first time they've not gone to the championships in like twenty years, I think. So. Yeah, respect that. And there's um, number 12 uh, um, uh, was uh, Sacramento Kings, 13 
New Orleans Pelicans, 14 Boston Celtics. Now we can, I don't want to say Zion will be a bust, but he's like on the path of becoming a bust because his conditioning is poor. He's not, he's not dribble. He's not really, he's not, I don't think his body is really suited for the banging, banging in the basketball games of, of, of the, of the NBA. I've said it before that I don't think he's going to have the best um, career in the NBA, but I may be wrong. But I really like the dude. I think he's got some talent and he's got some promise. But I don't know what the Pelicans are going to do now. Because I'm telling you right now, if you, go, if you want to put all your team on Zion, you may be heading for big, huge disappointments. Um, uh, Brandon Ingram is a, is, is, a, is a top dog, but he has not yet separated himself the way Jason Tatum has done. And that is a problem too. Uh, and of course, Lanzo Ball, we can say that right now, that is a bust. It's just, that's, it's just what it is. So I hope they're going to be able to draft nice and, you know, be able to get a player with talent that will be able to annex the powers of all these other pieces in terms of the Zions, uh, uh, during the day, uh, what's his man name? JJ Reddick and Brandon Ingram. Zion Williamson should just be playing his defense. His offense is poor, and it's just not that elite, if you ask me. His Andrews is not, it's not great either. I hope I'm wrong. But I can tell you on that team that Zion and Lanzo, both of them, I don't think they are the, they are what people are, you know, hyping them to be. I don't think they are that, they are that legit. I think they are good basketball players, but are they going to be all world? I have my doubts. Plus, Zion is just too small to be playing that. Power forward, strong. It's, it's it's not that tall. It's like six five, six six. It's not good. <laughs> anyway, number number fourteen is um, Boston Celtics, and that is really interesting because they are still in the top twenty, and they already got all these wings. And if they get a nice player to in the draft, because they have they've all been drafting very smartly lately. So uh, you can for sure believe that um they they will, if they, they, they will be able to find a talent in that top 15th here in the draft lottery and you still have the 15 Orlando, Portland, Minnesota, Dallas, Brooklyn, everything. Now, not to waste our time, I like the draft lottery because this is where you see these young talents coming to the league. When I saw Krista Pozingis walk out for New York Knicks, I could say, I tell her, hey, this dude is talented, he's really good, I mean, he's super tall, I don't know if, if his body will be able to hold on or hold up in the NBA, but so far, so good. He has been decent, but his talent is unparalleled. We all know that by now that Chris Tashpozingis is really good. So I hope the New York Knicks can will be able to get something that is good like Chris Tashpozingis is. Now, but I want to focus on the Golden State Warriors. For the simple fact that I like the Warriors. Everybody likes Steph Curry and the family. We all love Clay Thompson. Oh, and, and his dog, Rocco. We all love Clay Thompson. And Jamal Green is is as true as it can be but we you know that all these guys are in their 30s i mean except for dr thompson and um their basketball days is at the peak right now if not a little bit uh you know coming down maybe so maybe they have reached that peak and they just got to get it maybe they'll be in a cliff or whatever they call it but hey, we don't know but we know that uh the team is good and We've seen their ceiling, so, so let, let's put that. Let's put it like that. So they have to win right now because they have maybe another three, four years to play full, full basketball, like all world basketball, the championship contending basketball, um, kind of 
um, games. So who are they going to draft? According to Wojniewski, Woj said that um, that Golden State Warriors are actually looking to trade whatever they draft, whoever they draft, so they can get a veteran player that can help them win now. Which sounds sensible because you don't want to, uh, I mean, I don't think the likes of Steph Curry and those guys are really patient to start showing the kid how to play basketball. They're like, let's go. If you, if you don't know what time it is, they don't have time to start babysitting you. The way I say them, and even Steph Curry admitted that he was not really hands-on with the, with the young Warriors team last, um, this season. So they are not the type that, that's going to spoon feed you how to play basketball. So then somebody, so they need a, vet, a veteran. But, for the sake of the franchise, if you are trying to, you know, get to the next level, start planning for post Steph Curry's era, I think time is now to start looking for how to successfully transition into the next phase of the Warriors basketball um, franchise or whatever you want to call it. So I think it's time is now to start looking at what would Warriors look like eight, seven years without Steph Curry. Can we still be in the position to compete for championship? That is that, that if I was a, if I was Bob Myers, I'll start thinking of that right now. Knowing full well that these guys are great, but there's injury and I mean they've done it, they've won three rings. <laughs> what more do you want? So I would say if Yanis is not on the block, which I which I think he is not, I don't see anybody that want to trade that lottery for. But if I have Yanis on the block, I can trade that lottery and some other pieces I have. For that, for Yanis, knowing that Yanis, Clay, Dre, and um, Steph be good, or you can even sacrifice Draymond Green. But Draymond Green is such an intricate part of this team, I think we have to sacrifice him because of his basketball intelligence. So, if Yanis is not on the block, if Yanis Atetokupo is not on the block, I don't want to trade for because I'm not that hyped on Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. No. Joel Embiid is, yeah, I mean, he has been the league for some time now. He has proven that that's who he is. He's, he's a big guy. He's a real good basketball player, but he's not the kind of guy that's, you know, he doesn't have that dog the way Hakeem Olajuwon has it. You know, he doesn't have the, that dog the way Michael Jordan or the way he's one of the greatest players. Even Tim Duncan has it. He doesn't have that dog the way Shaquille has it, you know. So, so it is hard because if you're, if you're a big player and you don't have that dog, then just become a role player and you are too big to be a role player you know so it's it's difficult i'm not i'm not heavy on Joel Embiid and it's not as mobile as you know some of these young kids that we have right now so the best now the next one that I may want to trade for with Ben Simmons simple reason he's 6'10 he's almost 7 feet tall he has mad amazing handles he's a defensive monster like legit i said it before like the moment I knew that Ben Simmons would be out for the playoffs, that's it. The whole championship aspiration for the Philadelphia success is done. You know, the first thing is that if it was around, right, people would be giving credit to Joel Embiid because they say he's putting up the points. But if you watch basketball, you will know that the, the, their best player or their most important player is Ben Simmons. He's just too good. His defensive prowess, his basketball IQ is unequal. So now they've lost him and they are gone. They're gonna be swept. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I should make it money. I should I should be I should be any living from this. They, they, they are going home. They can't beat that Celtics team. 
They don't have that guard that can trouble Kemba Walker. They, they, they don't have that wing or that um, length that can really disturb the likes of Jalen um, Brown, Brown, right? Um, Jason Tatum and the rest of those guys. Even though the Celtics have lost um, Gordon Haywood, which is a major blow for them because Gordon Haywood is, is the other player that can actually bring the ball up to court with his handles, his IQ, his, his on-court vision. Now they've lost him, but they still have Marcus Smart. So, so Marcus Smart would have had a, a really tough time with Ben Simmons. But now that Ben Simmons is not there, he's having a field day. And they, they are done. That is it. They are done. They are going on. If they win, if they manage to win, win the game today, surely they'll be, they'll be going on the next game. It's as simple as that. Joel Embiid doesn't have the capacity to leave this team the way um, LeBron led team lifted. Cavaliers team against the Warriors even though you had to do all those things to get Draymond that was not smart they say he's smart but was foolish to react the way he reacted I'm sorry Draymond but you know at the time too he had Kyrie Irving who said not on my watch would you guys beat us like that but they don't have a dog like that so Joel is not Je- LeBron James so he's not gonna be able to leave this if they win a game I would appreciate it and I said it the other team that that listen if this um these people win something special i'll respect him differently but they cannot because he's not the guy you want the ball download they give it to you if, if the bank body with you you're having this funny facial expressions do you want that kind of guy in your locker room that's already giving up pouting no so Joel Embiid is not the guy and this may really affect his basketball career moving forward these guys think it's a joke nba is one of the most brutal leagues in the world one bad night can spell the rest of your career already and you don't and you don't even know we are already talking about Camilo Latone re- and retiring I, I called him out on on Twitter that listen if you're gonna keep playing this shitty basketball giving giving the team two points you might as well just retire like what are you doing on the on the basketball court that's how NBA is you are judged on a nightly basis so if Joel Embiid is not gonna bring the fire which has not brought it you may have amazing numbers but listen you are not a guy, so he needs to lose some weight, he needs to work on his handles, he needs to work on his... Do you want to get it? So some people just get to the league, oh wow, I'm in the NBA, I'm making millions of dollars, wow, life looks beautiful. No, the NBA is more than that. LeBron would not be this successful and for this for, for this long if he was overwhelmed by the money he's making. And LeBron is so rich. And this guy is worth over how much? 500, 300 million dollars? super rich but you see that he's so dedicated to that basketball because basketball is like a reality tv is is every night you must come with it so so if you ask me if Yanis is not available and you don't want to get and the next person you should get if you cannot get Yanis, if Yanis is not available the next person you want to get is ben simmons not Joel and big ben simmons Ben Simmons will help Draymond Green on the, di- on, the, on the defensive end. He will help Steph Curry with the handles, and he will help them to put some ball pressure when it comes to like, um, you know, fast breaks. He's so good at it. But Clay and Dre on the, on, the, on the flanks, lights out. I think Ben should be the best that they should go for. If they have, if they must trade this um particular pick, Ben Simmons is the guy. Edward is the guy that I think could be a franchise or a number two guy or number three guy on the team, like maybe. Uh, maybe um, Chicago Bulls or Cleveland because or Sh- Charlotte because Charlotte really needs another guy that can really help them to knock down those shots. So Edward looks at like the right fit for them at number three. 
But for me, Warriors should, should try to get James Wiseman. If they're not gonna, if 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 they wanna retain the talent, just get James Wiseman. He's very very fast. Like um Chris Bosh, imagine you get Chris Bosh, amazing. So you just gotta work on his shots, you know. So if you get a James Wiseman, you get someone that's gonna can help you defensively. I know he's a young boy. He may not have the strength to deal with this big strong man, but you know he's gonna grow into it. So James Wiseman is a guy that I think they can really try to get. James Wiseman, the guy is tall, is very fast, is you know, is mobile, is nimble, his agility is is, is amazing, and he's not he has not been having a lot of like nagging injuries the way Joel Embiid came to the league with so much injury. So there's there's that thing going on for James Wiseman. I think he's the right fit for the Warriors because the Warriors, even though they play small ball, Steve Carr likes to have a traditional big in the center, and you need that to help, um, you know, Draymond Green. You know, it's a lot of work that he does on the on the defensive end, and it still gives you a lot of production on the offensive end too by giving you like double digit double digit assist. More importantly, is that, but if if that is not the case, just go with Ben Simmons. You being Ben Simmons, you have everything but shooting, and you know if you have everything but shooting, and he can still really kill you on the, on the in the paint. So that's what I think you should go for if you have to trade, and if you, if not. Go, go with them, James Wiseman, or some other top players there. This is where you miss Kobe Bryant. Because if Kobe was alive, he would have had this, all this period to train these young kids, show them how to play basketball, how to get to their sweet spot, and things of that nature. But now that Kobe is dead, I really feel sad to talk about Kobe because I love him so much. It's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast because it says something that you got to put your stuff out there to which to which a larger audience. Don't just be a basketball coach on the side on the sideline. Why not just put those content out there so that you can, you know, coach the whole world? And that's something my podcast is a is a huge inspiration for me. So RIP Kobe, and I hope this family Vanessa and the rest of the girls are doing great. So the guys, um, I I know that Charlotte, if they can draft well with number three, they may have a player that will help um Graham to be great because he's so small and he's so good and he's a big player that can help him that's why i'm thinking that the edward will be the right fit for number for for the shallow with speaking at number three okay i've been talking so much on this um draft people let's talk about the nba a little bit that's about nba so now Toronto raptors they're gonna kill brooklyn nets it's, it's not even a it's not a it's not a it's not the good feel at all it's not even fair so i think brooklyn will be going on today uh Philly might be going on today as well. I think finally um Greek Freak and the Bucks have come to 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 understand that they are far, by far better than the uh, Orlando Magic. And you know, Magic can still a game or two. I think most a game, but they'll be they'll be going on as well. And if the less what happens when Bucks meet the likes of the Raptors or Celtics, if they can meet any of these teams and do great or beat them. Then we can start talking about them having a chance because basketball is a game of runs and a game of matchups. Now, that being said, what do I think is going on in the West? Um, well, I think Portland is going on. They are not just that elite. They've they've reached their climax. Um, Melo finally came to came to hurt, um, came to his senses and was playing amazing basketball. But then they kind of hiding him. They don't want him to commit too much. On defensive end, because because they need this offense. No, you don't, we don't. You don't get to do that. You must play well on defensive end, guard LeBron. Because think about it, they had a, good, a huge success. 
when it was the one guarding LeBron. LeBron had just 10 points. Now, last game, they were switching, and that made LeBron go off. For I think maybe it was, was it 10-something points or so. That's not good. If LeBron is having all that points and all that assists and all that rebounds, you're going to lose. <laughs> so it's not, a, it's not that difficult to figure out. So that's the problem they're having with that. And they did a decent job in containing Anthony, Anthony Davis, but you cannot contain Anthony Davis and have, have LeBron go off. That you, you, can, you, must, you must have a way of you know, being able to guard those two people to reduce them well enough that they will not be able to go off and leave their teams. Because you still have Caldwell Pope to deal with his, with his reliable three-point um, shooting skills. You have Danny Green to deal with on, on both on both ends of the floor. So I don't know, but I think they're, they're going on. Maybe if they can do them in five, gentleman sweep, or at best in six, but they're... The team doesn't have the ability to beat um, Lakers. Portland just not just don't have it. Carmelo is not going to help you. Be fifteen points or so. Psh, you don't you need more than that? You need Carmelo, CJ, and Dame to average at least 25, 30 points to have a chance. Because apparently, like, like I said, the Portland bigs don't know how to finish under the rim. They don't have to all those easy bunnies. They don't have to convert them into shots. So that's a problem right there. If your if your bigs are not good in the paint what you want to do you're done so they keep kicking it out to dame which was already double teamed the entire the entire game what you want to do so is dame was gathered so heavy that he had to force shots and when you start forcing shots is a recipe for disaster so it does it, it does not work like that that's that about so i think the the problem that they've 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 met their match and they'll be going on, sadly. This might be the end of Camilo's career. If not, maybe another season or two. But we can see that Camilo's point has dropped drastically. We can see that Camilo is not reliable on the offensive end. We can see that he has been a better defender. But what's, what, what good is it if you cannot help the team offensively on a consistent basis? So he, ha- he has to figure that out. He has to you know, put his head down and just get better. Because we all know he's better than that. But that was a long time ago. So if you cannot hand this good, just retire. You know, resign. So that's it. You're done. But the team, they got like Camilo there to help them in terms of, you know, winning games, shot-making abilities, and stuff like that. And Camilo has not been able to do that on a consistent basis, especially now in the playoffs. If Camilo can just be a terror, like yesterday, he did a good job, did a decent job, because you know, he knows it's better than that. I mean, you are six eight, six nine. Your jump shot is unstoppable. The way they were stopping Dame's jump shot because it's too short. So you just rise up like like my man Kevin Durant, and if you can knock those shots down after rising up, then this team have a chance. Because I, I, it's like as as if you listen to me. Why settling for the three? You are not a knockdown three point shooter. Dribble to the paint, get to your spot like Kawhi, and shoot your shot that you know you most likely gonna convert. It's the playoffs. You must shoot your shot. You say LeBron was not settling for threes. He was driving to the paint. That's what he knows how to do best. You got to do what you know how to do best. Not you just, um, you know, hiding and the team is playing, basically playing four against five. You got to be active on this thing. So, Camilo got to do better. They need him to do better because they will not have those looks this season, this series. But Camilo will get those looks. And with Camilo, it op- is involved it will help the bigs to get even better looks in on um, in the paint under the rim and then they can have a chance but if they don't do that 
It's going to be a long, not for, sorry, it's going to be a very short series, very short one. And okay, so the OKC try to win a game in overtime. Listen, they can win one game at most two. This game is, this is not going to seven, it's not going to distance. Why? They don't have the ability, they don't have the, um, the, uh, they don't have the scoring ability of the Rockets. So Oklahoma State Thunder and Houston Rockets is a final conclusion. The next, I'm, already, I'm already looking at what, what Rockets are going to be playing next because are, there's no way they're going to outshoot the Rockets. And if they, I mean, they can try to, you know, slow James Harden down. I mean, when you slow him down, it gets like 30 points. Ooh. <laughs> you still get like 25 points. That's still going to kill you because if you get 25 points, 10 assists, you are in trouble. There's a regard to deal with. There's a... Um, is it Ausman to deal with? There's Mark Markamore. Well, Mark, is it Markamore? Yeah, to deal with. There's PJ Tucker on the corner to deal with. There's Covington to deal with. Without Russell Westbrook, which makes it even better. So you have your hands. And the way they play that swarming defense, they just run at you like piranhas. You're going to be in trouble because the way they guard from all over the place because they know they are small, so they really be, on, be under you. Like They're going to guard you close all your spaces and then you can have to turn the ball over or do some magical things like Michael Jordan used to do which not which not everybody can do really so it's this is over for the okay for the okay to under but like that at least Chris Paul was able to come up big because the first two games he was not playing big he was just being Chris Paul no this this is the players you got to show us what you got knock down those Jays get those give, give those boys the balls in that in the in the shooting pocket let them have the when they need it so i'm happy that they were able to get that but look at they got that in the overtime winning they, they, they won that game in overtime so they can't even beat these guys on in the regular um four quarters they gotta go overtime to beat the, the houston rocket and Houston Rockets is telling you hey guys we have no bigs but we dare you to out shoot us watch this and that's what they're telling all the teams in the NBA right now. We don't care if you're going to have rebounders, but we dare you to if you can outshoot us. We dare you. That's what they're telling the all of NBA. Can you outshoot James Harden alongside Rory Gordon, alongside Russell Westbrook, with Covington, with Tamakumo, Osman? I don't know his name. If you can do that, then God, 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 God help you. They're not trying to help you bank bodies together lose balls no get them we dare to see if you can outshoot us and i'm sorry the um okay so just don't have that kind of ability to outshoot this particular rocket team the houston rocket is the deal now let's talk about the dallas Mavericks and the clippers early clippers no all, all i'm saying right now i didn't i didn't even write notes i'm just saying it off, off, off of my head because i i watch basketball a lot i should be a coach now this guy is right if this man is not good, I'm talking about Luka Doncic, their series is, 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 is over soon. It'll be over very, very soon because you need um, Luka Doncic to be excellent, to help put pressure on those small defenders and put the guys in the position, in the position to win, to, for, to be successful. But I like Christopher Pozinkas. I wish um, Alloway Jr. could come up bigger than, than he has been so far. Because you have a series where Paul Jordan has not gone off. And the difference that is killing you right now is Kawhi. And maybe with the help of um, of the veteran player, Lou Williams. You have a chance now to win a game or two. 
Because if Paul Judge comes back with his shooting skills, which he, which he will, <laughs> you are in trouble because it will be over in the first quarter. Because Judge can't really put them numbers up. So it's up for these guys to, it's up to the guys to really figure this out now. Because you cannot be beaten by um, Kawhi alone. Kawhi by himself cannot beat a whole, a whole franchise. So it's up to these guys to figure out how to guard Kawhi. I know he's strong, I know he's fit. But you gotta make sure that he does not get to that two spot that he likes to get to that just above the paint area. No, don't let him shoot those jump shots. Push him away. Let him shoot it from from afar. <laughs> let's see. How, let's see. How. And if he knocks those those ones down consistently, then you can live with it. But no, don't don't let him get close to the rim to shoot this. So in order to be successful for these guys for the for the Dallas, which I don't think they will, they must deny Kawhi that mid range jump jump shot. He cannot be shooting mid range. Cause it's gonna kill you. It can, it can, it can, it can go up fifty just by shooting mid-range. Cause it's automatic for him. He's not gonna, he's not gonna lose those those jump shots. He's, he has perfected it, you know. So you cannot let him shoot those mid-range jump shots. You let him shoot it from from afar. Don't let him go. Don't let him dunk on you. If he dunks one or two, he's okay. But it's not. He doesn't like to dunk all the way because. He's a guy that's very cautious about his health. But those mid-range jump shots, you must take that away from him. You must take it away from him. Don't let him get to that spot. Because when, when, when he does, you know what happens. He's going to knock them down. <laughs> or like Camelo or some of these guys. That is that about that. I think they can they can try. Maybe go six. But I think they'll be done by five. And I like it. I like the Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz. I think the the, the Utah Jazz have, have, have kind of sort of uh, surprised me. And I'm really impressed. I thought this was going to be an easy one for the Denver Nuggets, but apparently it's not <laughs> because uh, Utah Jazz have come to life. They've come to ball. And that, again, you have to credit Donovan Mitchell for that. Donovan Mitchell has been has been awesome. He has been amazing, you know, and I give him all, I give him all the credit for this. Uh, and of course, you know, my colleague coming back has helped them tremendously in that guard position. So now you have to deal with Donovan. You have to deal with my colleague's craftiness as well. And then they still have the Joe Ingles and you have the Rudy Gobert killing you in the paint off on, off on the offensive end and also on the defensive end. So they have a chance. But I expect the Denver Nuggets with the, with the kind of um, sea of talent that they have. They have so many talents. I expect them to come out of this. But I may be wrong. So that one is, is a good matchup. Uh, whoever comes out is, is, the bet, is the better one. So that's why it's a game of best of seven. So I think um, the way it is going... But the way those guys are saying you're not going to beat us, they talk about the, the, the um, Utah Jazz, they might just go and claim this, and that'll be a disaster for the for the um, Denver Nuggets because they are the number two team, right, in the West, and they're going to be gone in the first first round. That's not a good one, and so uh, I expect to see Nikola Jokic coming to ball. I expect to see uh, Murray coming to ball. I expect to see all those other guys coming to play, like play like as if their life depends on it. Because if they go down three one, then it's a wrap. There's nobody gonna come back, come back off that, um, unless um, Donovan Mitchell has three straight bad nights, which I doubt. And that's that about all of that. So now this taking two. Now let's talk about the big. The big story that I want to I want to cover today. Now, the everyone today is the Masai Ujiri's uh, case. You know, I remember I talked in the in the in my opening statement. Thought about the the very best night of your franchise history. You just won a championship, and um, you were reminded of to stay in your place, know your know your position, and actually your place in your position is that you are the president of a basketball um, team. 
and then you know this this incident was a very ugly one it makes us understand again that it don't matter whether you're rich or poor tall or short uh, fat or skinny uh, you know you know it don't, it don't matter whatever you are if you're a black man you are subjected to some certain um, level of treatment which is not good now this incident is very funny because this man the man that uh, that shot the Masai Ujiri uh, his name is um, is a deputy um, sheriff right is Alameda County Sheriff's deputy is a, a deputy sheriff in, in Alameda um, County his name is um, Alan Strickland he's a police officer all right and it was a basketball night the Toronto Raptors had just beat Golden State Warriors last season in Oakland so they were happy there was jubilation and of course the worst fans were you know they were, they were sad as they should and this man was gonna I think someone told me like, yo show just show your pass or whatever he was gonna show his pass and this officer Alan Strickland he said back the fuck up that's what he said literally back the fuck up and I was like I was, I was trying to like you know show him his um, pass you know it's, it's all access pass right just show like back the fuck up the next thing it was trying to say yo he said the man, the man said what are you pushing me for look at that he said what are you pushing me for i am the president of the raptors quote this is what master jury said after the match first shoved him remember he was going to meet his team on the basketball court and this, this was it was well dressed and someone had told me that look yo show show the, the security guard your pass whatever and it was about based on the vid, video footage that, we, that, we, that, that we've all seen it was it was it was reaching for the thing in his in his um, blazers in his jacket in his, so it was gonna it was it was reaching for it in the suit like this is my pass it would never let him show his pass he shoved him on the chest and pushed him back back the fuck up and this man says have the decency to say that's something about Masai Ujiri who is the president of basketball operation in Toronto Raptors the guy the guy that runs the whole team the, in fact not the whole team <laughs> the whole the whole thing as far as basketball is concerned is the, is the guy and he said what are you pushing me for I am the president of the Raptors that is so mm, that is everything you need to know right there because as even even though he's the president of the basketball operations he still is there's some some kind of subconscious that i have to tell this man who i am i have to let him know that i, have, I mean no harm you see that's the thing i'm saying for you to still have to go through that it does not it's, it's not right you know first of all you don't have to shove him like that in his chest so when he so when he said that and was trying to get his way like trying to move the man shoved him again the second time boom now my side had to react like he had to shove him back like no you can't be doing that to me but the point i'm trying to make here is this this whole this whole thing look at it from this way there is a president of a basketball operation it wasn't the you know it was already in the like in the the areas where you have all the billionaires at the at the court, you know, at the base of the court, and was gonna, was going to meet this thing because they were already calling for him. That way, my because they had to take some pictures, and he had to tell this man, "I am the president of the Raptors. What are you pushing me for? 
I am the president of the Raptors. So he has to tell, he has to still reveal his own identity. And the man still pushed him the second time. Now the question is this. Has that ever happened? Someone should tell me this though. Maybe I'm wrong. Has that ever happened in the history of basketball or any sport where the president of the team will be pushed by security, by the, by the, by the police sheriff twice? Not even once has it ever happened when you just won a championship. Because most presidents of teams of the of they are mostly white people, so even even you don't, you may not even know, but you still have the like the subconscious that oh well maybe he's the top guy, so you may just say sir can I see your your pass please right? But this guy said back the fuck up, so there's no sir excuse me wh- wh- who are you can I see the pass? And if you are the police sheriff and you don't know my side jury after you guys have been playing game back and forth and you don't know that this is the man that has this thing. You're not doing your job, or maybe just overlooking that you can't be him. And the reason why this is so, this is for me is because this is not the first time, not the second, not the third, probably will never be the last time that um, public celebrity athletes, public figures that athletes have been subjected to this kind of ridicule and embarrassment. Remember the time LeBron moved to his um, California home and there was some. Um, racial slurs written on his on his on the wall of his house. Remember that time. Remember that um, on so many occasions. Even I remember vividly when and um, I was watching the Barcelona game, and then there was a guy called Samuel Etofius. For those that follow soccer, we know what I'm talking about. Samuel Etofius was a one of the best scorers of all time. He was at some maybe too high. He was one of the yeah. It was that top people to win the Ballon d'Or but he never won it because it was never the best player in the world but it was like second in the world at some point. It was all time great, all time, all world, like literally. He's play, he played most of his career in um, Barcelona. At the height of his success, at the height of his of his um, performance, of his, of his um, athleticism, of his greatness, would you believe that Barcelona fans, Barcelona is a, is a football um, and you guys call it soccer here. Yeah. It's a soccer team in Spain. So you have Real Madrid, you have Barcelona, you know. At the height of, the, of his greatness, whenever they are playing, Barcelona fans themselves, they will be throwing bananas to, to Ethel, calling him a monkey. Now you hit bananas, you are a monkey. The, I mean, I'm talking about the fans of the same team who, is, who he was playing for, who he had helped won championships. They will, they will never respected him. They will still throw in bananas to eat. That is so painful for me. And that's and, not, and not just that. Even recently, when um, Yanis Atentokupo had to reveal, I think it was, it was saying that to, um, I think it was a magazine, it was, it, it was talking to a magazine, I think, Yanis, Greek freak. He said that his family endured a lot of hard, a lot of hard time, that Greece wasn't that great for them when they first got there. Remember, Yanis Atetokumpo is an is print and Nigerian immigrants, right? They moved to Greece because they are they are avoiding hardship in Nigeria. And you know, his name Atetokumpo is actually Adetokumpo. They have to make it a Greek um to sound like a Greek name so that the people people can be able to pronounce his name. So when they went there, when they got to Greece, it wasn't favorable. Just recently there was a report that um you know, they were, they were not allow, allowing ships to dock because they were feared with black people. Now, that's by the way. Yanis was saying that, you know, 
that um the the country wasn't that wasn't all rosy for them when they got there they had to endure a lot of hardship and they were, they were not rich they were different they, they, his grass to grace story he was saying it and would you believe that the greek government called yans at Togopo a monkey and that is the greek equivalent of a nigger of the n-word that's what they call yanis a guy that has made this country proud, that is that has claimed this country wholeheartedly, that sings this country's national anthem, that that relates and retires with the fans, with his fans that are of Greek um um nationality, because he had to just say that this I'm Nigerian, we went to what we went to just last month. And they had to the the government of Greek called him a monkey. Literally, Yanis. They call, they said that he's the Greek equivalent of a nigger of, of the n-word just because he said that they, they went to what they went to in greece before things became good good for them which was because of basketball they had no hope they were selling things on the street they were they were struggling they were living in a small apartment they have all these tall boys in this small little apartment but they were happy they were content because he said that greek government has to call him a monkey and that's not all that is not all believe me so many at different instances when where we've had black men you know that are doing great things you know even this even even even, even in the game of tennis look at what they subject people like serena williams to always testing her because they feel like oh, she cannot be normal she can't be human for her to be that great that this happens all the time so it doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor there's this there's this level of racial connotation to everything that happens to you you know they say you should be happy that you are here that you are not in your godforsaken africa or that you're not in the jungles of your of your motherland that is wrong you know so masai ujiri went through all of this and it's just um it's just a shame in 2015 you know james blake was was manhandled it was james blake is a tennis superstar um, uh, the the police said that they, they mistake they mistaken his, his identity for somebody that was involved with a credit card scam. The manando James James Blake said, "You look like some like a con artist." How many times have you seen this story? Even of the professor in Harvard, um, and Professor Henry Louis Gates that was arrested in his own house. They said that <laughs> they thought they arrested him for 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 burglary into his own house because they didn't expect you to be in that kind of beautiful house. You know, can you make? Can you make this? Ever breaking into his own, his own, his own house? <laughs> this happens all the time. And by the way, I saw all of these things from. Um, I picked this whole thing I'm talking about right now from the uh, the Yahoo um sports. You know, there's a lady that made this story in it, a very interesting story. But I just want to point this out that this happens all the time. Whether you're a professor, you're an athlete, you're a politician, you're anything, doing great in this in the in the white man's controlled world they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna gonna come for you they don't they don't see they don't see you they see your color so when dr king said that he has a dream that one day people will be judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin this is what he's talking about because all of this thing that is going on this man judged ujiri because he was a black man because he's a black man and said you can what the fuck is you you have to go back you know so he's saying that, listen, you, that you have no place here, even though he is the president of basketball operation. And mind you, Masai Ujiri has been has been at the helms of affairs in Raptors since 2013. He played, he played basketball briefly in Europe. He said, go back, you know, 
um, Atitokopo was told he's a monkey, he's a Greek freak of the N word. Is 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 a is a Greek um, equivalent of the N word. That is a monkey because they said that Greece was not really, you know, good for them when they just when they first arrived. That has always been the case. So no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter your your social status, you're still a black man. And people should understand that and let that sink into their heads. We have to fight fight for a world where things will be even, where things will be even for both black and black and white people really. Where things, especially for the black people, that I should not be talking, I should not be trying to get my right from you. It is my right. If if you do, if you're not gonna treat that person that way, why treat me that way? We have to speak out for these things, so that things like this will not be happening. We should not be having the first black man, first black president, first black. It should be first. It should be human beings. We should, we should, we should see things for what it is, and stop putting that racial underlining in everything. We have this problem, and anyway, any, it don't matter who you are, anywhere, anywhere you find yourself. If you're black, you're like, oh wow, what is it? What is it? How is he able to afford a, a house in this neighborhood? Because everything is designed to put the black man in the in, in the back. And that should not be should not be happening because we have a lot of black men, a lot of people in this world that are doing great things, and we should be seen for the content of our character, not because of the color of our skin, you know. And that's that's my podcast today. It's been a long one. I thought it was gonna be a short one, but however, it's been a long one because this is what I like to talk about. Um, and to understand that even in Massachusetts case, this police officer was doing was maintaining that, you know, it was. He was, he was, he was the one that was shot first. Like, like he, he didn't do nothing wrong until this body footage come, um, stuff comes out and shows that he actually pushed this man twice before the man retaliated. Uh, so that's the podcast today, and I will leave you with a word—not a word really—but the body report says something like the biggest moment of Jury's professional career, mad forever by him being mistreated and manhandled, letting him understand that hey, brother, you are still black. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. It's been a good one, long one. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Uh, please, um, Andrew on Twitter is Astopods. The same thing goes for Instagram and our email address. You can just reach out to us and we'll talk further. Please like, love, share, comment, and subscribe to, Astro- to Astopods. Let us know what you think. I'm Asan. Thanks again for listening to Astopods. Bye for now.